Welcome. I am a lay Shin Buddhist who nevertheless maintains an interest in the broader realm of Pure Land and Mahayana Buddhist teachings. My YouTube channel is called Akala Akala, that is A-C-A-L-A-A-C-A-L-A. In these podcasts, I make a non-scholarly, humble, and sometimes bumbling attempt to explore a particular topic or question related to the wonderful Buddha Dharma. I hope you find them to be of interest. With that said, let us begin. So, a good friend of mine, my best friend actually, somebody that I went to graduate school with, who was not a Buddhist, asked me, who was the audience for whom I was doing these Pure Land Buddhist podcasts? And I would have to say that I am assuming that the folks who are listening to these podcasts have some familiarity with Pure Land Buddhism, perhaps a great deal of familiarity. You may be well aware already that Shinran Shonen in 13th century Japan was the one who, as I've said before, refined Pure Land Buddhism into its ultimate status as a spiritual tradition of pure grace. Shinran, while he was very humble in terms of how he viewed himself, was extremely prolific in the amount that he wrote about his perspective on Pure Land Buddhism, and his masterwork, of course, was the Kaiogao Shinsho, or True Teaching, Practice, and Realization of the Pure Land Way. And within that seminal work, at the end of chapter 2, he composes a hymn called the Shoshinge, or Hymn of True Shinjin and the Nembutsu, with Shinjin, of course, being his term for, for faith or entrusting, and the Nembutsu being Namomirabutsu, the phrase that represents the name which was endowed with all virtues from Dharmakara Bodhisattva back many eons ago, and that in some sense serves as our, our gateway to an assurance of our rebirth in the pure land of Amida Buddha when we die. Now this hymn was also, I believe, more or less replicated in a work by Shinran called Passages on the Pure Land Way. And while I recited that particular work on my Akala Akala YouTube channel quite a long time ago, the, the audio on that one is terrible, and I'm actually in the process of re-reciting that. But I also recited this hymn of true Shinjin and then Ambutsu, and while the audio isn't great, it's fairly passable. So what I'm going to be doing in this particular podcast is re-uploading into audio MP3 form that recitation of Shinran's Shoshinge. But before beginning, I'd like to go ahead and recite Shinran's preface to the hymn of true Shinjin and the Nembutsu, the last paragraph of which I also included in the upload. But here's what Shinran said. I believe it's in section 101 of his chapter on practice in the Kaiogao Shinsho. He says, Generally stated, with regard to the vows, there is true and real practice in Shinjin, and there is practice in Shinjin that are provisional means. The vow on which true and real practice is based is the vow that all Buddhas say the name. The vow on which true and real Shinjin is based is the vow of sincere mind and trust. These are the practice and shinjin of the selected primal vow. Its practicers are all the good and the evil, 
the sages of the Mahayana and the Hinayana, and the foolish. Their birth is birth that is inconceivable. The Buddha and land are the fulfilled Buddha and fulfilled land. All of this is none other than the ocean of true reality or suchness, the inconceivable vow. This is the central purport of the larger sutra of immeasurable life, the genuine significance of the true essence of other power. So there's a lot packed in there, and um, he talks about the vow on which the true and real practice is based on the vow that all Buddhists say the name. That's one of the other of the 48 vows that Dharmakara made, that all the Buddhists in the universe would say the name Namumita Boots and would tout it as an ideal vehicle, if you will, an ideal practice, which is really a non-practice, so that people, foolish people, us, me, would have a easy path toward rebirth in the pure land and ultimately enlightenment, the enlightenment of Buddhahood. And it's always important to recognize and to remember, that's what I tell myself, that that birth in the pure land is, as Shinran says here, is inconceivable. We can't really understand totally with our thinking mind what this means, how it works. So anyway, take that for what it's worth. And then he goes on and he quotes Tan Luan, who's one of the seven patriarchs. And within this hymn of true Shinjin and the Nembutsu, one of the things Shinran does is he briefly touches on what the contributions were of the seven patriarchs. That's important because he wants to frame his doctrine, his interpretation of Pure Land Buddhism within the context of the larger Mahayana tradition. So he says, Here then, wishing to realize the Buddha's benevolence and to respond in gratitude to his virtue, I turn to Master Tan Luan's commentary, which states, the Bodhisattva takes refuge in the Buddha, just as filial children obey their parents and loyal retainers follow their rulers, with their behavior not self-centered and their acts always according with reason. Since the Bodhisattva is aware of the Buddha's benevolence and responds in gratitude to his virtue, he naturally addresses the Buddha first. Moreover, Vasubandhu's aspiration is not undertaken lightly. How could it ever be fulfilled without the support of the Tathagata's majestic power? Here, Vasubandhu entreats the Tathagata to lend his majestic powers. Hence, he reverently addresses him, saying, Oh, world-honored one! And, of course, Vasubandhu is one of the other of the seven patriarchs. And then, finally, the last paragraph in this preface, which I also recite in the piece that I'll be uploading shortly, he says, Shinran does, Thus, taking refuge in the true words of the great sage, which is Sakyamuni in the context of the larger Sukhavati Sutra, he says, Thus, taking refuge in the true words of the great sage, and turning to the commentaries of the revered patriarchs, I realize the depth and vastness of the Buddhist benevolence, and compose the following hymn. And then comes hymn of true Shinjin and the Nembutsu, which is in the volumes I have. It's section 102 of the second chapter in the Kyogao Shinsho, the chapter on practice. Namamita Boots. Shinran Shonen's masterwork is entitled The True Teaching. 
practice and realization of the Pure Land Way, also known as the Kaiogao Shinsho. Chapter 2 of that masterwork is entitled The True Practice of the Pure Land Way. And within Chapter 2 is the Hymn of True Shinjin in the Nembutsu. Therein, Shinran says, Taking refuge in the true words of the great sage and turning to the commentaries of the revered patriarchs, I realize the depth and vastness of the Buddha's benevolence and compose the following hymn. I take refuge in the Tathagata of immeasurable life. I entrust myself to the Buddha of inconceivable light. Bodhisattva Dharmakara, in his causal stage, under the guidance of Lokasvara Raja Buddha, searched into the origins of the Buddha's pure lands and the qualities of those lands and their human beings and devas. He then established the supreme incomparable vow. He made the great vow rare and all-encompassing. In five kalpas of profound thought, he embraced this vow, then resolved again that the name be heard throughout the ten quarters. Everywhere the Buddha casts light immeasurable, boundless, unhindered, unequaled light lord of all brilliance, pure light, joyful light, the light of wisdom, light constant, inconceivable, light beyond speaking, light surpassing sun and moon is sent forth, illuminating countless worlds. The multitudes of beings all receive this radiance. The name embodying the primal vow is the act of true settlement. The vow of entrusting with sincere mind is the cause of birth. We realize the equal of enlightenment and supreme nirvana through the fulfillment of the vow of attaining nirvana without fail. Sakyamuni Tathagata appeared in this world solely to teach the ocean-like primal vow of Amida. We, an ocean of beings in an evil age of five defilements, should entrust ourselves to the Tathagata's words of truth. When the one thought moment of joy arises, nirvana is attained without severing blind passions. When ignorant and wise, even grave offenders and slanderers of the Dharma all alike turn about and enter Shinjin, they are like waters that, on entering the ocean, become one in taste with it. The light of compassion that grasps us illumines and protects us always. The darkness of our ignorance is already broken through. Still, the clouds and mists of greed and desire, anger and hatred, cover as always the sky of true and real Shinjin. But though the light of the sun is veiled by clouds and mists, beneath the clouds and mists there is brightness, not dark. When one realizes Shinjin, Seeing and revering and attaining great joy, one immediately leaps crosswise, closing off the five evil courses. 
all foolish beings, whether good or evil, when they hear and entrust to Amida's universal vow, are praised by the Buddha as people of vast and excellent understanding. Such a person is called a pure white lotus. For evil sentient beings of wrong views and arrogance, the Nembutsu that embodies Amida's primal vow is hard to accept in Shenzhen. This most difficult of difficulties, nothing surpasses. The masters of India in the West who explained the teaching in treatises and the eminent monks of China and Japan clarified the great sage's true intent in appearing in this world and revealed that Amida's primal vow accords with the nature of beings. Sakyamuni Tathagata on Mount Lanka prophesied to the multitudes that in South India the Mahasattva Nagarjuna would appear in this world to crush the views of being and non-being. Proclaiming the unexcelled Mahayana teaching, he would attain the stage of joy and be born in the land of happiness. Nagarjuna clarifies the hardship on the overland path of difficult practice and leads us to entrust to the pleasure on the waterway of easy practice. He teaches that the moment one thinks on Amida's primal vow, one is naturally brought to enter the stage of the definitely settled. Solely saying the Tathagata's name constantly, one should respond with gratitude to the universal vow of great compassion. Bodhisattva Vasubandhu, composing a treatise, declares that he takes refuge in the Tathagata of unhindered light and that, relying on the sutras, he will reveal the true and real virtues and make widely known the great vow by which we leap crosswise beyond birth and death. He discloses the mind that is single so that all beings be saved by Amida's directing of virtue through the power of the primal vow. When persons turn and enter the great treasure ocean of virtue, Necessarily, they join Amita's assembly. And when they reach that lotus-held world, they immediately realize the body of suchness, or dharma nature. Then, sporting in the forests of blind passions, they manifest transcendent powers. Entering the garden of birth and death, they assume various forms to guide others. Turning toward the dwelling of Master Tan Luan, the Emperor of Liang, always paid homage to him as a bodhisattva. Bodhiruchi, master of the Tripitaka, gave Tan Luan the Pure Land teachings, and Tan Luan, burning his scriptures on immortality, took refuge in the land of bliss. In his commentary on the treatise of Bodhisattva Vasubandhu, he shows that the cause and attainment of birth in the fulfilled land lie in the vow. Our going and returning, directed to us by Amida, come about through other power. The truly decisive cause is Shinjin. When foolish beings of delusion and defilement awaken Shinjin, they realize that birth and death 
is itself nirvana. Without fail, they reach the land of immeasurable light and universally guide sentient beings to enlightenment. Tao Cho determined how difficult it is to fulfill the path of sages and reveals that only passage through the Pure Land gate is possible for us. He criticizes self-power endeavor in the myriad good practices and encourages us solely to say the fulfilled name embodying true virtue. With kind concern, he teaches the three characteristics of entrusting and non-entrusting, compassionately guiding all identically, whether they live when the Dharma survives as but form, when in its last stage, or when it has become extinct. Though persons have committed evil all their lives, when they encounter the primal vow, they will reach the world of peace and realize the perfect fruit of enlightenment. Shantao alone in his time clarified the Buddha's true intent. Sorrowing at the plight of meditative and non-meditative practicers and people of grave evil, he reveals that Amida's light and name are the causes of birth. When practicers enter the great ocean of wisdom, the primal vow, they receive the diamond-like mind and accord with the vow in one thought moment of joy. Whereupon, equally with Vaidehi, they acquire the threefold insight and are immediately brought to attain the eternal bliss of Dharma nature. Genshin, having broadly elucidated the teachings of Sakyamuni's lifetime, wholeheartedly took refuge in the land of peace and urges all to do so. Ascertaining that minds devoted to single practice are profound, those to sundry practice shallow, he sets forth truly the difference between the fulfilled land and the transformed land. The person burdened with extreme evil should simply say the name. Although I too am within Amita's grasp, passions obstruct my eyes and I cannot see the light. Nevertheless, Great compassion is untiring and illumines me always. Master Genku, well versed in the Buddha's teaching, turned compassionately to foolish people, both good and evil. Establishing in this remote land the teaching and realization that are the true essence of the Pure Land way, he transmits the selected primal vow to us of the defiled world. Return to this house of transmigration, of birth and death, is decidedly caused by doubt. Swift entrance into the sea of tranquility, the uncreated, is necessarily brought about by Shinjin. The Mahasattvas and masters who spread the sutras save the countless beings of utter defilement and evil. With the same mind, all people of the present, whether monk or lay, should rely wholly on the teachings of these venerable masters. Here ends the hymn. With that, I will sign off by reciting the Nembutsu in gratitude for being embraced and accepted just as I am by Amida Buddha, never, never to be abandoned. Namo Amida Buddha.
Namo Mirabots. Namo Mirabots. Thank you.